because someone won a contest, and definitely not because it's Black History Month, we discuss the film BAPS. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. And over there is Elliot Kalen. And right across from me saying that thing is Stuart Wellington. And we are the Flophouse Podcast. Dear Flophouse. <laughs> Why are we German all of a sudden? I don't know. And wouldn't it be Dust Flophouse? And it'd be Dust Floppin' House. <laughs> Dust Floppin' Housen. Okay, let's start all over again. Okay. Welcome I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Wellington. <laughs> I'm Stuart Kalen. <laughs> and we are the Floppin' House. <laughs> Rated R is playing at. Wait, we're not doing the same. No, we're not, we're not doing that bit <laughs> right now. Okay, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're a podcast. We talk about bad movies after we watch them. Yep. And did because we, we try to do it before we watched them? We'd be like, "Is this movie going to be bad? I don't know. We don't have much to talk about." <laughs> um, how was your day, fellows? <laughs> That's what we would say. Yeah. Uh, talk but about Julian Fellows. <laughs> so. Normally we watch a newish bad movie, and by newish I mean Jewish, <laughs> new, <laughs> a Jewish bad movie like like uh, the Yiddish Vampire or uh, a serious Dracula. man. A, no, a serious man's a good movie. <laughs> or uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah, or, or Dracula. <laughs> the one where he's Jewish. But Nosferatu. <laughs> And let's not forget a vampire in Brooklyn. Yep. He's in uh in the orthodox section of Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's mostly uh he's instead of sucking people's blood, he's mostly angry at cyclists. Yeah, well here's the problem is it's not kosher to eat blood. And yeah. he, but he's got to cuz he's a vampire. And he drives a really awesome minivan hearse. Yeah, and uh his mother's always like, "Have you heard of my son, the vampire?" <laughs> <laughs> he could have been a doctor, but no, a vampire. Um, that joke, copyright 1956. <laughs> so anyway, we normally watch a movie that is new from the past year or so. We like to we like um, to limit ourselves. Yeah, something new to DVD or video on demand usually. But in this case, we are we watched a film that was requested by our contest winner. You may remember that we had a uh, he's the house cat. Parentheses Arthur's theme music video yep. contest, and there were some fantastic entries. Amazing. I would call it our most successful contest, it was based except, on the quality of the work provided. Yes, but not based on the quality of the movie we had to watch. <laughs> no, because the jerk who won the contest, <laughs> wow, Burn, uh, David Burn, <laughs> he decided that we should watch the movie Baps. Hey guys, you should watch the movie Baps. That was David Burn winning that's, the contest. Yeah. Oh wow, that's Baps. a really good impression. Thank it's, you. Uh, yeah. Baps is <coughs> B asterisk A asterisk no, no, no B period B asterisk period on the poster S. it's asterisk no, it's, it's clearly to- it's clearly it's totally asterisk it's, an a- it's like initials mash. though it's not like how Neo Tokyo is about to E dash X dash P dash L dash O dash D dash E dash <laughs> I mean dash I mean asterisks if you look at the poster if you go to IMDb those are asterisks uh, they're so trying it's, to so they're footnotes yeah, to the title is what you're saying. Yes. All related to the same thing for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it'd be an asterisk across, double crosses, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that stands for 
black American princesses, which is something that is not explained by the movie until the very end. And it's not even really explained until the at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a kind of slur, as Elliot pointed out, very based much a on a Jewish slur. It is the, I guess, black version of a Jew- anti-Jewish slur, but it is used as a term of endearment at the end. Uh, when By it, the, when the a, vampire who when dies. Academy Award winner vampire Mar- in Brooklyn. <laughs> when Academy Award winner Martin Landau expresses his love for future Academy Award winner Halle Berry in this movie called BAPS. And yeah. her friend... Played by uh, actress TDD. <laughs> wow, Dan, that's I the mean, kind of bro humor we're trying to avoid. Um, that is, uh, I say that only in that the movie seems to only define her as chubby <clears throat> friend to Halle Berry. They have two. Each character has one. Then okay, so there's Halle Berry and there's uh, Natalie Desell Reed is the other. Thanks, Elliot. Uh, she thank, went on to be thank, America's sweetheart. Thanks, Wikipedia. But uh, they are best friends, and they each have one character trait. Natalie's no, no, that's she has a couple. Nat, uh, Natalie plays the character of Mickey. Mm-hmm. Mickey is uh, so have, fine. She's so fine. She blows my mind. I didn't know you were into that. Yeah, yeah. You're She's like a real Martin Landau blows. over there. <laughs> uh, there's Mickey, who is a good cook and sassy, as they both are. Sure. Mm-hmm. Overweight and also well. prone to argue. And <laughs> <laughs> and there's ne- and there's Nisi, played by Halle Berry, whose character trait is wants to be a fly girl. And that's yeah. about it. Also prone to argue. Prone to argue, <laughs> sassy, and so forth. Now, I feel like we'll be picking our words even more carefully than during the Tyler Perry... Uh, I don't think we temptation will. Temptation episode. Well, just because, like... I, I think that because the, I'm a racist. The movie is yeah. laying a racist tra- trap for us by <laughs> indulging in the worst racist stereotypes of like a uh, this is a, like a, a cartoon sketch comedy version of like black people. Yeah, like uh, this is oh hairdressing. They've all got long gold fingernails. Oh, they're all all they want to do is dance and shake their butts and eat soul food and they have long nails yeah. and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. This they bro- got huge haircuts and they're really they don't understand anything about yeah. anything that's uh, supposed to be sophisticated or classy. Right. In this movie directed by Robert Townsend, the man who made Hollywood Shuffle, the comedy about how there's no good roles for black actors. Yeah, because yeah. he took him when he was in Meteor Man. <laughs> yeah, sure. He took uh, the best role. The guy who ended Robert Town, and hence that's how he got the name. <laughs> Actually, it's it, it's like Howard's End, but for Robert Town. Robert I do Townsend. like that idea, though. Stuart, like, oh, all the best Meteor Men are going to white actors. <laughs> Uh, but it's yeah, my turn. As Dan, as you were mentioning while we were talking during the movie, because it was really boring, <laughs> uh, Robert Townsend started out and made a couple movies that got him a lot of attention, and since yeah. then it's been kind of a long slide uh, with Baps in it. But yeah, he seems to be doing all right. He is getting a lot of television directing work, as many uh, film directors are doing these days. You know, TV is where it's at, guys. Uh, take it easy. This is, a, this, is a, this is a podcast about movies. Dan. Yeah. Okay. We get it. We'll watch The Wire or something. Anyway, uh, and he can always rely on his brother Pete Townsend for a little bit of money every now and then. <laughs> he patented the windmill move. So uh, any other guitarist who does that, anytime he calls Pete Townsend, he goes. He says, uh, "This is what you want to do if he calls you." He goes, "Hi, this is Pete Townsend." And you go, "Who?" Get it? Because <laughs> yeah. you want to get him to hang up <laughs> as quickly as possible. I you don't want to talk be, to him. I thought you were going to be like. Hey, it's your brother, your brother, Robert Townsend. <laughs> you know what sound you've been looking for? <laughs> about your generation? <laughs> anyway, let's, should we talk about what this movie's about? Like, no, play a fucking movie CD? What's going <laughs> yeah, on? And he plays, and he's he like, does, wait, yeah, I totally yeah, made yeah, that I re- CD. I recorded that 40 years ago. Yeah, this. 
It's uh, a. <laughs> That's my song. I wrote it. It's a song called uh, "Let My Love Open the Door." Like, okay, let's later, Pete. Anybody? And then he hangs up on his brother Robert. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's fast forward to, to Bratz or whatever we watch. <laughs> Baps. Now Bratz and Baps have a lot in common in that the names sound similar, and they're about ladies doing it for themselves. Uh, Masturbating. All... <laughs> That's not what I meant. No. I mean, okay. I guess it's an example of ladies doing it for themselves. Because I've seen a lot about a lot of movies about ladies doing it for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to hear about those. While the podcast is on. Okay. So, uh, I'll give you a list later. So, Nisi and Mickey live in Georgia, Mm -hmm. and they work at a soul food diner. They're waitresses. Mm -hmm. Bernie Mac runs the diner. Yep. And they... He is a stern taskmaster. He stops by to depress us uh, because he's left us. (laughs) By reminding us of the death that would occur years later. In a way, every actor is reminding (laughs) us of our own mortality. Yeah, every, every actor by eventually dying... Is just setting us up to be sad. When All we see too the human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except, of course, Martin Landau, who is a vampire, or Das Vampir. He's a regular Nosferatu. Anyway, so they are. They get fired because they are not particularly good. They don't have a good work. They got fired. I thought that was just the end of their shift. Or maybe they they got docked pay or something. I yes. thought they got fired. But anyway. They want to open the first combination hair salon and soul food restaurant, because why okay. not? They love hair. They love soul food. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. And they love uh, hair getting cut and falling in people's food. <laughs> yeah. Falling in, in people's, I guess, you know, uh, fried mm-hmm. okra and things like sure, that. Sure, your collard greens, your uh, cornbreads. You got to give into the uh, fantasy, bread. Dan. What? You got to give into the fantasy. Okay. It's like Crouching sure. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> You don't really think Chinese people can fly around, right? Yeah. What? But you just got to accept it. You just believe that it happens. Yeah. Oh. It's part of the... <laughs> I think we really have saddened Bum Dan out. First we show him a dead actor, now we talk about Crouching Tiger and Dragon. All his least favorite things. Human mortality, the work of Ang Lee. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they are they see an ad and hear an ad and then see it again on TV for a fly girl contest to be a dancer in a new Heavy D video. No kidding. World you, famous Heavy D? Mm-hmm. Mm. The heaviest. <laughs> the Mr. D himself, heavy. <laughs> Please, Mr. D lives in Florida. Call me heavy. Is that his dick? Is that what's heavy? I don't... Is that... Heavy I don't, maybe D? a heavy dog he owns? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, dinosaurs are pretty heavy. Maybe he's a the dad. Big ones, yeah. Or is it like defense? Like Tenacious D? Or like that? Doritos? It's probably Doritos. He's <laughs> got heavy Doritos. When, and when they pulled the sponsorship, he just showed <laughs> it to D. D yeah. Yeah. I think it's for Dormouse, because he loves his favorite character from Alice in Wonderland. His hip-hop artist, Heavy yep. Doritos. <laughs> yep, it's, it, it's for Deflator Mouse, his favorite opera. <laughs> yes, Heavy Deflator Mouse. He's watching it, he's going, oh, this character would be so much better if he was heavier. <laughs> you know what, this, uh, this opera needs some soul. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, so something about a Heavy D video. Uh, so they want it. Would you call that a MacGuffin, Elliot? <laughs> I would call it a MacGuffin, and I'll tell you why. Because it never comes up it, again. it's a total waste of our time. <laughs> so Halle Berry, Halle Berry sees this ad. She says, I want to win the $10,000 and be named Video Woman of the World or something like that. Mm, sure. They go to L.A. They fly there yeah. to audition for this video, and the audition goes poorly. How poorly? So poorly, we're not even shown it in the film. We, we see them... We see an aftermath. We see them waiting online. They briefly irritate the other dancers online. Cut to... And catch the eye of a uh, lascivious Spaniard. A lasc- 
<laughs> Aren't they all, Stuart? Aren't they all a regular puss and apostrophe boots? <laughs> but uh, the we cut to Halle Berry and uh, and Mickey just walking out, and they've all their hair is all destroyed. Apparently, they ha- apparently. They got into some fight and hit some girls with their hair. We don't get to see it. The movie deemed it gapping. not essential. <laughs> but it's so weird. It's like if it's like if Star Wars, if they showed us them preparing for the Death Star trench run, cut to them getting their medals, and it's like, all right, I guess they didn't want us to see the scene that was leading up to. That's maybe it was because every scene up to this point was so chock full of jokes. They had nothing they could cut, and okay. they're like, fuck it, just cut this. You know what? We're running. Li- we're running long on time. We gotta. We gotta cut all the scenes. We need. We we can't cut the like seven male characters who show up and like lick their lips and uh, like try and hit on them. There's one guy you can't who cut used... the cavalcade of minor uh, black celebrities. <laughs> there's <laughs> cameo. There's one guy who you see in a club hitting on a girl and then you never see him again. It's like, all right, I guess that was just the one. I thought he was going to be a character, but he's just you know. Well, it's it's to add a little bit of character to this club to make it feel realistic, Elliot. That they're oh, showing sort of club because every time you get go to a, every time you go to a club, there's one guy who while talking to one girl is, is looking at every other others. wife's butt. <laughs> oh, so it's Dan. What? Time out. <laughs> I uh, think that's what he was doing, right? He was checking out other girls' butts, yeah. I don't know if they were wives, but... I mean, uh, you don't know that they're not. That's a good point. Okay. We also don't see them. We're just assuming he's looking at women. They don't no, no, actually... the women walk by. Really? Yeah, I'm... yeah, you see women walk by. Okay. Anyway, it's a scene that has no bearing on what little plot <laughs> there is in this. Anyway, they also have two la- lazy, no-account boyfriends who will not get off their butts and get a job. Yeah. but So they have to escape this life and go to L.A. They fail the audition. Uh-oh. But luckily, that... The M- movie's the, not over. Luckily, the lusty Latin who saw them says, I have a job for you. Takes them away in a car. Says, asks, are you actresses? Yes, of course. Takes them away in a car to a huge mansion, which we see every single room of throughout the film, and each room is presented <coughs> to us as if we've never seen the inside of a mansion room before. And while this is happening, there's the, the music that plays over it is like Happy Puppy Dennis the yeah. Menace kids music. <laughs> the score in this movie makes no sense. It's it's like they just took an old Alan Disney Silvestri score. scoring Milo and Otis or something. <laughs> and just like whatever, we don't have time to finish Baps. Just throw on whatever score you can grab. And the composer continues to work to this day, right? Making puppy movies or yeah, yeah, uh, the puppy bowl he scores every year. But the point is, like all of this uh, heavy D MacGuffin it's is not a movie, basically. By the way. <laughs> It basically all just serves to get the BAPs to Beverly Hills to a rich place. Like, what the Beverly Hillbillies dispenses with in a song at the beginning of the show <laughs> is the first 20 minutes of this movie. And the scenes are not particularly trim. This mm-hmm. is a slow-paced, very lackadaisical this is movie. A fat 90 minutes. Every every scene has a fi- like a closing joke, and then a good couple seconds, like, the audience is going to be fucking cracking up. Co- they're gonna be uh, fucking we rolling. We got to padding. Or else we're gonna miss all the other jokes. See, like the Marx Brothers, they took this out as a road show. And they, <laughs> yes. they timed where all the laughs yeah, were. Night at the Bapsra. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, they really they, they were like, look, each scene's one joke is so gut busting, <laughs> hilarious that we better make each scene ten to twelve minutes long. We turn the rest of the scene into a dramedy. Well, yeah, when they originally <laughs> when they originally tested the tested the movie. Uh, people were laughing so much that nobody could follow the plot. <laughs> they had no what's going on. So they had They're to. They're like, we got to put out a special director's cut. Yeah. That's 80, what, four minutes long? It's weirdly as if Robert Townsend directed it and then, like, a down on his luck 
Michelangelo Antonioni edited the movie. It's like, longer, longer, each one, longer. I want more ennui in these baps. Like, I'm surprised none of the scenes accidentally caught the actor just wandering off camera. <laughs> like, cut, okay, we can go. We're done, right? We, no, good, we're not? we good, Rob? Okay, I guess I'll just keep staring at, at the baps. Anyway, they are brought to this mansion where uh, they are told by a... I thought he was going to be revealed as gay... A, va- a vaguely effeminate man that his uncle, Martin Landau, is right. dying. And his one true love, this old man, was his family's black maid when he was young. But their love was not to be. The family tore them apart. And so now, to keep him happy in his old age, uh, he wants Halle Berry to pretend to be this maid's granddaughter, all grown up, so that Martin Landau can, I guess... It's kind of never really said what he's going to get out of this relationship, whether it's just like... To relive his romance or finally have sex with a black woman. It really doesn't. I'm not sure exactly what, what, what Martin Lando is supposed to get out of just hanging around with his ex girlfriend's. I think this is the first time we've actually had gaslighting in a movie, right? <laughs> this is re- kind of real gaslighting, yeah. That's really Because awesome. it's all an elaborate ruse. Okay. As we, she's not the granddaughter. She's not the granddaughter. There's a lot of culture clash comedy, uh, um. comedy in quotes, as they, <laughs> as they meet up with. The best character in the movie, the butler, yeah. named Manly, Manly, but who uh, Mickey Manly. refers to as Alfred. No, his but name's we, not Alfred Manly. It's not Alfred Manly? No, she calls him Alfred because he's like Batman's What, do you butler. see his fucking birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they have I in mean, England? he seems really ruffled when they call him Alfred, so... But the most important thing to know about uh, Manly is he's played by Ian Richardson, who was the star of the original British House of Cards. Oh, and, to- timely, yeah, topical. We're recording this, yeah. of course, uh, right after the second season of Netflix's American House of Cards. Yeah, I guess Babs must have timed it that way. Babs knew we were going to be doing it now, so they got Ian Richardson in the sh- in the Look, movie. I, we just got to we got to tire. Are you suggesting we got to tire fucking ship to this <laughs> House of Cards thing, guys? And the, the one I will give it this rocket. Ian you Richardson's- think Kevin Spacey's going to go on to making a, a Babs too? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's going to be. It's, it's not the American it's version in America. of Babs. Right? No, it's, yeah. the, it's a pretty Babs reboot. I mean, Kevin Spacey. It's called sure, it has Babs sitting on a ledge, staring at their fist in the rain. <laughs> well, the Bapsman begins. Yeah, sure. Bapsman begins. Of course, and uh, Rat Pink of Baps Boo. <laughs> That's the Ray Dennis Bapsler version. Anyway, so I will say this for Ian Richardson. Like all British actors in crappy movies, he does a professional job and gives it his all. And there's one scene there's one scene I genuinely laughed at where he was trying to get the attention of a clerk in a CD store. And for one second, that was funny. Yeah. So. Nice work, the late Ian Richardson. Is he still know. alive? I'm, I'm not sure about that. I, I think he died when the Ian house of cards just, fell on him. Yeah, just <laughs> Ian Richardson, just email us if you're okay. How you doing? It's at flophouse at the flophouse dot flophouse sure. dot edu slash gov. Just dot email bats. us at obituaries <laughs> at the flophouse. Email us at Email us at dot com. Email us at Ian Richardson. I'm alive. Don't worry about me at the flophouse dot baps. Slash Google image search <laughs> dot geocities <laughs> rated R. So anyway, uh, they get they're going to be part of this gaslighting plot. Meanwhile, so we and we think this Butler character is going to be like the the foil. He's going to no, be the bad guy. No, but turns out he's the he's the rigid anti-black person who gets <laughs> who gets won over and and decides that he really likes them almost immediately 
after uh, he sticks up, he stands up against the soul food. They cook soul food for Martin Landau, who it turns out is the old He's man. He's shit for And now, remember, this is several, there's a couple years after Martin Landau won an Academy Award playing <laughs> Bela Lugosi and Ed Wood. This, this is, is like three, this is 40, three years after This is 40 that. years after he was in North by Northwest. Three years after he won a Ken Award, and now he's bapsing it up, just doing the doing the old man given a new jump on life by younger person yeah. routine. It's terrible. There's Although a, there's a scene where he is asking Halle Berry's character about you know to, basically about her grandmother who doesn't exist, or I guess exists but isn't her grandmother. And the the difference in like Martin Landau's subtlety, his line delivery, and Halle Berry's <laughs> over the top comedic like over the top stuttering. stuffing food in her mouth so she can't be understood. You know, I thought you were going to go to the fact that there is a scene where Martin Landau, of course, goes out on a shopping spree with the Paps. <laughs> and- you know, that's the mo- that's the scene that I assume. Was it's the that you need that scene? That's yeah. the obligatory when he's scene. Pitching the, when Robert Townsend yeah. was pitching <laughs> when, the movie, they were when like, Martin Landau's pitching the movie. <laughs> <When> Martin Landau's <laughs> to Robert Townsend. <laughs> Look, like, I love this bad script. You'll be the perfect director for it. I don't know. It seems like I've been trying to make movies that really talk about the black experience in an honest way. No, no, nothing's more honest than Baps. Please, this is, you have to tell this story, Roberts. I'm an Academy Award winner. Picture this. Then he uses his fucking hips as a dressing room. room. Yeah, because he's a vampire. Blair, Blair, Robert. Blair. (laughs) Baps of the night, what sweet music they make. I don't drink. Baps (laughs) Baps <laughs> and so forth. Those are lines from Dracula. Yeah, Bapsula. Anyway, so the uh, the, the, the man so, again. The man played a, a guy <laughs> who played Dracula. I assume, he did not play. So, well, a the other alternative is to pretend that he's really a morphine addict, like Bela Lugosi was. So let's just pretend way, he's a vampire. It's a lot more way, fun. This is Elliot Kalin pulling a triumphant call to arms to all those Elliot Kalin <laughs> voice haters out there. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're making a lot of offhand references to, to horrible things that people have said about us in comment sections. Well, look, we're we're we got we're thin skinned. That's why we're in comedy. Anyway, so Robert Townsend was sitting there. He said, "Martin, I'm not sure if this is the right." Well, we were going to talk about the movie. No, again. Martin Lando said, "Take a look at this." Slammed his Academy Award from Ed Wood on the desk. Oscar wants you to make this movie, Robert, yeah. because he wants a friend, and Baps is going to get me that Oscar. And Robert Townsend was like. All right, I guess so, Martin Lando. I mean, you're a legend. And then every day, I assume on the shooting, shooting on the set, Robert Townsend would turn to Martin Lando and go, "Fuck you! <laughs> Why did you rope me into this movie, Martin?" And Martin Lando would say, <laughs> "I'm an imp." <laughs> Tales from the Martin. <laughs> this is the twist ending. <laughs> Twisting oh, to the making of that. Wait, is that why Tales from the Crypt is Tales from the Crypt? It's named after the Crypt Keeper? Yeah, his name is Crypt Crypt K Eeper. The K stands for Kevin. But I like this. It's Tales from Kevin's T- a really strange real name. Tales It's Tales from T H E Crypt. Thomas Heathcliff Edward Crypt. Anyway, uh, I'm still amazed <laughs> at the idea that like the twist of it is like, I've trapped you into making a terrible movie. <laughs> That's the ironic uh, turn that this. You takes. know, I've already made Meteor Man, right? Like I made terrible movies. Um, well, I forgot about Meteor Man. By the way, we've all been dead the whole time. I don't no, think I don't so. Think that's true. <laughs> it's not true at all. 
Usually, aren't these turn these twists? Just don't possibly they, in Richardson. Don't they all yet. often involve like puns or like a play on words? Like, uh, perhaps. <laughs> no, again, it's not. It's not a real phrase. The movie introduced that phrase and doesn't explain it till the very end. You're Another, just reading the movie poster you made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because Martin Lando put the movie poster together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've cast Hallie scary. <laughs> Too late. Uh, wait, Too late. Barry isn't enough of a fucking joke? <laughs> no, <laughs> Hallie buried. How about that? Yeah. Um, where did we get to in this movie? So I don't even they, remember. So Martin La- they basically become Martin Lando's friend. They make him soul food, and he gets his energy back. They teach him how to dance. They take <clears> him on a shopping montage, which is a pretty fun shopping montage. Mm-hmm. But it turns out, and meanwhile, the Latin Lothario is seducing Mickey, the friend. Mm-hmm. But is it turns the thick one that makes soul food. <laughs> I don't wow. like saying thick. They prefer thick, that. Let's not, <laughs> let's not. They prefer <laughs> that. That's. I'm not sure how to be offended by that, but I am offended by it. <laughs> I'm not sure why I am specifically, but anyway. Meanwhile, it turns out the nephew has clearly schemed with the chauffeur, the Latin guy, to frame the Baps for robbing Martin Landau, but it doesn't work out. And uh, I don't remember what the character. It's really name an was. elaborate frame job because he he is making like he's seducing her while wearing some driving gloves, and then like tricks her into touching a safe, into trying mm-hmm. to open up a safe. He's like, wouldn't it be sexy if you touched the safe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally. I have a women opening safes fetish, uh, but then later. Halle Berry and Mickey are in bed. They share a bed, of course, because it's like a fucking Lucy show episode. <laughs> and because uh, this movie was made in the 30s. Yeah, and but, uh, they, they both sit bolt upright <laughs> with their uh, little sleep masks on. Yeah, and, and fucking bandanas in their hair. <laughs> their cucumbers over their eyes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they, they hear a noise and they run downstairs. A robber is breaking in. It's the chauffeur. And they he, he proceeds to stand there while they take turns punching him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, never tries like, to leave, never fights back. He just stands there while they punch him. <laughs> while saying, like, that's not how Rocky punches. Rocky punches uh, like Tyson. this. Oh, right, say, I'm going to punch you like Mike yeah. Tyson. Sorry. Yeah, because black people love Rocky. <laughs> that, when it comes to boxers, <laughs> yeah. Rocky is the one that a, that a young black person yeah. would really gravitate like, oh, towards. the great white hope, the Rocky. <laughs> you know who I can really relate to? Not Tyson, not Ali. The Italian stallion. The Italian stallion. <laughs> Anyway. And in uh, 1997, that's that's the movie that's on the tip <laughs> yeah. of everybody's tongue is Rocky. Rocky. Well, Rocky you five, know what 19-year-old movie I was out? thinking about? Yeah, he's a regular. More than that, Drago. like 21-year-old 20, movie. Uh, so, they, <laughs> so they punch him a lot, and then the, the nephew... They don't even punch him a lot, Elliot. They They're punch him at least four like, or five times. That's not a lot. Not a, it's a lot <laughs> for, for a, a movie robber? like Baps. Okay. It's not a lot if this was American Ninja. <laughs> If this is Fist of the North, of the North Star, it's not a lot. No, it's but, not even one move. <laughs> no, yeah. but for Baps, it's a lot of punches. Yeah, considering no one else gets punched. Oh no, that's was not true. Punch it was one the other movie. It was, it was Hawaiian Punch, the film, the true story of one man and his devotion to punching. But anyway, so the nephew sells out the chauffeur, um, and then everyone just kind of keeps hangs out going for and a while. hangs out. They throw a party. Uh, everyone's friends. Uh, the butler arranges for their their boyfriends to come back, and the boyfriends have changed their ways. Yeah, off screen again. Off, off camera, they off have camera performed. <laughs> uh, Halle Berry dances with one. Another one falls in a pool, and Martin Lando dies. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, you're really glossing over the. 
There's not yeah, a lot of movie in this movie. What am I leaving out? Yeah, it feels like after a certain point, they're like, oh, this is the time where they need love interests. I well, guess bring those other two dudes back. It really feels like the movie was made up as they went along. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did, like you were saying, like, oh, these, these characters' journey won't be complete <laughs> unless they get some arbitrary love interests by the end of it. And they, they, they even couldn't get... think of anyone else because it's not like the fucking butler is going to marry one of them. <laughs> no, but that would have been a, why that not? Been an interesting choice. Now, there's a brave film. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, before Martin Landau uh, shuffles off this mortal coil, there are a couple of scenes Buffalo. where it becomes clear to him that uh, you know the Baps are his only true friends in this world. Oh, right. and they're and not they, in it for the money. They offer he offers each of them a check for fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, saying thanks for everything. And they with that a, kind of money, they could start their business of they, haircutting and food preparation. Put together, it's ten yeah. times as much as they were hoping to get from Heavy D, who has a hilarious cameo as himself in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And by hilarious, I mean excruciating. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, it's there. <laughs> I mean, it happens in front of you and you're like, can I look away? <laughs> no, I can't. It's like a Ludovico experiment. Yeah. Anyway. Can I block up my ears? No, they're still way too loud. <laughs> but uh, he offers them checks for $50,000 and they say, no, we're not in this for the money. And they tear up the checks and he goes, I thought the only person I could trust was Lily, his long-lost girlfriend. Uh, but now I know I can trust you, Baps. He doesn't say Baps, but he might as well. Uh, then he dies, and <laughs> everyone's sad, and they have the reading of the will. And this is literally how it goes. The lawyer, his lawyer says, I, being of sound heart and mind, would like it incontestably known that to my beloved Baps. And they're like, Baps? And she goes, black American princesses. I leave, and then the music swells, and we don't hear a single fucking thing after that point. Yeah. We don't hear what It's he, all reaction we shots. We just see reaction shots of the Baps going crazy, and then we see the a lawyer reaction. saying something, and then the butler is like, <gasps> and all, everyone's thanking the, congratulating the butler, and then we see the nephew get mad and walk out, and it's li- it feels as Dan's like, they had an audio problem on the set. <laughs> on the one take they did of this scene, they just covered it in music. And then they're celebrating the end. Uh-oh which literally writes on with calligraphy, crosses out the beginning, and they've opened up their uh, comfort food slash, or sorry, that's their soul food slash hair salon. The butler now works for them as, I guess, their public- publicist. I'm not sure. I don't yeah. think he's, he's, he's skilled in that field. Martin he's Land- traded in his conservative uh, Savile Row suits for a white suit and all Because he decided suit. to look like one of the dirty, rotten scoundrels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, the lawyer is now also, I guess, their business partner. Yeah. Their boyfriends have a pager yeah, I mean, chauffeur business or if, have a limo she's business. working for them at this point, the, the nephew has a serious case against them. <laughs> <laughs> what I love is I didn't realize that you could make a will incontestable in court by just writing incontestably. Yeah, I give my money to. It seems no like more wills should just put that word in if that's all it takes. It's like, oh, there'd be so many civil suits that'd be avoided. Or just into everything. You know, yeah. there's... Any, any, I did, all I didn't know that uh, when the Native Americans were writing those treaties with American Americans, all they had to write was incontestably. Like, oh, oh, I want to steal your land so oh, bad, and I can't do it. The lawyer's like, oh, "Look, I wish there was something I could do, but they said incontestable. <laughs> it is literally the legal system's magic word. The same way that when you say so sue me' to somebody, they have to sue you <laughs> legally." <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, it's they, like a summoning. And spell. when you say "don't have a cow, man," they cannot purchase a cow <laughs> or even eat beef. <laughs> but it's clear that the Baps or and some their... kind of cow man hybrid. I'm assuming. <laughs> no, no, they can't have. A, well, it depends on how they emphasize it. Yeah, say "don't have a cow man," then you, or you a can't. Cowman. You can't have the, any of the Lost Cowboys of Mumesa <laughs> or that one Ninja Turtles character who was like a humanoid bull. 
Uh, but but it's clear that the BAPs and the boy BAPs are going to lose this money <laughs> within two months. The BAPs. On their terrible... <laughs> it is a terrible idea. Even though <laughs> And Dennis they've opened Rodman up like there, three or four branches at one time. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, they're expanding too fast. Yeah, come on. You know, have a good flagship organization than franchise. I mean, Dennis Rodman's there before his politics got in the way, right, guys? <laughs> this, yeah. this was before he became uh, dictator's best friend, Dennis Rodman. The man, the one man who successfully got kicked out of North Korea. I like the idea. Like, you say dictator's best friend, and I immediately think of a product. The dictator's <laughs> best friend. But what would that product be, Dan? It's like a wrestling buddy, right? I assume it's like a really strong deodorant. Because <laughs> who's going to listen to your every whim when you're sweating? Sure. <laughs> I just thought it was like somehow like it's a tablet that automatically poisons the member of your family that's plotting against you. <laughs> It can tell. Somehow it can tell. So, what, like a batteries not included robot that flies around? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, go bot. So so BAPS, guys. Uh, so thanks. British for... Athenian politician sex. <laughs> this um, is for a movie where um, <coughs> nothing the, happens. The, the stars, screenwriter, and director were all African American. This is possibly one of the more racist depictions of black people I've seen. In a film, that is it's, what I would it say. It goes a little too far in being cartoonish into a territory where it's like, Ugh, <laughs> uh, uh, this is this is uh, uncomfortable. But hey, you know what? Maybe we're just being overly sensitive because we're afraid of being called That's racist. Maybe, I mean, it was pretty racist against uh, the white butler and Martin Landau. Whites too. were also shown to be. Well, it literally is like it's such an old-fashioned thing of like blacks are funky, white people uptight. This like it should have been. This movie should have been made in like 1976. <laughs> Instead, it was made in 1997. I just kept thinking while we were watching it. But that's two mainly years after this movie. Music. Yeah, <laughs> two years after this movie, The Matrix would be made. It feels <laughs> like I'm thinking of movies from different centuries at this point. Yeah, yeah. this movie was up against Fargo for Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention I mean, Babs was nominated for Best Picture. Since... It won the New York Critics Award. <laughs> uh, um, and... and no, but it was nominated for an award according to Wikipedia. Uh, BAPS was nominated for the Best Actress Acapulco Black Film Festival Award. Halle Berry, unfortunately, she lost. Let's see. But she went on to win the Academy Award. <laughs> but not for BAPS. Are you sure that it's not just a, a BAPS acronym? Best Actress Acapulco Film Festival. So, so it was the P in Acapulco that was. You're saying it super weird. I don't know what you're doing. I'm going to see who the winner now, is. And guys, as a as a podcaster, and, actually, and the winner that year was uh, Vivica A. Fox for Soul Food. Sure. And as a uh, as a as Best a podcaster went to and, a, um, and a, a listener of podcasts, I know a thing or two about over talking. Mm-hmm. But the two leads of this movie <laughs> over talk more than anybody I've ever heard on a podcast. It's a lot. Of, it's much it's like, like a fucking mumblecore movie. It's like His Girl Friday. They were overlapping dialogue. Mm-hmm. Robert Townsend saw his girl Friday and he said, I found my back. It took style. like 25 minutes into the movie before I knew what the main characters' names were. <laughs> I, mean, I think that might be partly the movie and partly uh, how much attention we give to the movie. <laughs> but uh, look, there was a lot of talent involved in this film. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out this one time. It was the skidoo of, uh, of the 90s. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so, uh, so thanks for making us watch it, contest Yeah, listener. let's uh, move on to final judgments on this movie. Is it a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? Uh, Stuart's drinking, so Elliot, why don't you say? I would say it's it might be a fun one for like a bunch of racists to watch and make okay. fun of. I don't know. But it's I would say a bad, bad movie, but not even necessarily because it was like stupid or not funny. It was just very like slow and, and kind of dull, you know? For a movie that could have been 
that sounds crazy. It sounds crazier than it was. Yeah, there's a lot of the characters just kind of hanging around the house, and there's at least like even when they do a, the classic confused by a bidet scene. Where yeah, a bidet which is squirts amazing. everywhere. It and, and doesn't squirt everywhere. It's like a fucking fire hose. <laughs> like you it would destroy that, your if private If you tried parts. to use that bidet, it would hurt you. You would have tearing. It was this Martin Lando likes For the that. strongest anuses. <laughs> Martin Lando should have had a scene where he goes like, well, I like a good scouring of the rectum. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my, my bidet is set to anti-civil rights march fire hose. But uh, oh, the... the uh, it was just, even that scene like went on too long, was really slowly paced, and didn't have a payoff. Like they, there were no, there's very few jokes for a comedy, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, this is the first half of the movie. They're like, people will be laughing at their gold teeth so much, we won't even need other jokes. This is borderline good bad movie <laughs> because it is extravagantly bad in a way that we don't normally see. And you were saying kind of innocently bad. Innocently bad, like it feels like a bad movie from the. Like the '40s got made in '97 or something, but it's yeah, you're right. It's too boring overall to like really uh, reach the heights of a good bad movie. Yeah, uh, Stu, what do you think? Yeah, it's gonna. I guess it's gonna be a bad bad movie. I I feel like listen uh, to your heart, Stuart. You don't have to go even to the peer mm-hmm. pressure. I feel like the, the the comedic tropes that this movie borrows from. Uh, or borrows are better used in a little movie called Twin Sitters, <laughs> uh, and are used a little better. So if you're looking for like the idea of like the rags to riches uh, Cinderella story, kind of a rich people poor people clash, yeah. Um, that also has bodybuilders. I'd see Twin Sitters. Twin instead. bodybuilders babysitting <laughs> twin rich kids. Mm-hmm. Is John Paragon in it? Yes, because he directed it. <laughs> or Disorderlies. Go out and see Disorderlies. Yeah, that's the other thing, is it felt a little bit, as Dan said, like Disorderlies, but uh, without the fat boys. They said, these fat boys are distracting me too much from the plot of Disorderlies. <laughs> Get me the Baps. Um, and the and the beer they drink? Baps Blue Ribbon. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, But yeah, I, I almost wish they had put more effort into this, and then it would have been a good, bad movie. Uh, before we move on, I uh, just want to put in a plug for uh, one of our... Uh, all Things Comedy Podcasting Network Siblings. Uh, br- brethren, uh, Farley Brothers Radio, uh, which has comedians Kevin and John Farley, brothers, I assume, and host Carissa Costa uh, talking about life, love, and all things Farley. I don't know what that means, all things Farley. Uh, keep maybe they're keep talking revealing about how little you know about this Farley podcast. <laughs> maybe they're talking about Farley the dog and... Uh, all, uh, Farley for better, sure, yeah. for better and worse. <laughs> Farley for worse. And Farley, that's a movie, right? Yeah. Um, They're talking about I Farley, the, the kids' show. No, but uh, they have had Farley a lot Ray of Jebson. <laughs> <Team Bob Star. laughs> yeah. They've had a lot of great guests. They've had David Spade, Norm Macdonald, Sandra Taylor, Andrew Dick, and Chris Kattan. You say on the Andrew show. Dick? <laughs> Andrew Dick. <laughs> Please, I'm trying to have a new image. It's, it's Andrew, Andrew Dick. It's Andrew Richard. Please, this is one of my serious roles. It's Andrew Richard. <laughs> well, that was a- This is my breakout into the legitimate theater. <laughs> when he was playing, he was playing the <laughs> butler in the reboot of Babs. <laughs> it's me, the Andrew stay, Dick. The stage version and of Babs. And in the role of Mercutio, <laughs> Andrew Richard. It's a Babs the stage adaptation. Yeah. It's a drawing room comedy. 
Uh, no, but uh, check Babs, out Babs the Musical. <laughs> check out Babs the Musical on Broadway. <laughs> Never. Ne- well, it closed already. <laughs> okay. Someone so, had the idea and it closed off Broadway. It closed so in before, their mind. Before we, so Farley can, Brothers Radio. But yeah, but, uh, since you can't see Babs the Musical, why don't you go s- listen to Farley Brothers Radio over at ATC? On All Things Comedy. Your place for All Things Comedy. Dot com. Mm-hmm. Not All Things Considered. That's a different thing. <laughs> no. Unless what's being considered is comedy, no. in which case, yes. <laughs> Um, Not the all thing. No, we don't. We don't talk about that. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. Don't we? Yeah, yeah, our podcast, our about... weird religion podcast. <laughs> weird spaghetti monsters, Cthulhu's, etc., <laughs> and so forth. Wait, I've never seen the spaghetti monster and Cthulhu in the same room at the same time. Sure, and he does have tentacle face. That would be a really weird room. Yeah, um, <laughs> it would be non-Euclidean architecture. Now, a natch. We move on to the next segment. <laughs> Which is letters from listeners. Um, mail time. And, uh, mail call. Call in the mail. Call it up. Hey, mail, is that you? I got the machine. Hey, mail, this is the flop house. Come on by. Give us a call when you're back. Oh, you just picked up. Hey, mail. Mail call. Call in the mail. Oh, I have the wrong number. Forget it. Let's call the mail in the mail call. I'll give that song credit for being very different than the normal letter song. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to branch out. Yeah. Yep, he's the stodgy judge who just allowed it. <laughs> There's nothing in the rule book that says he can't sing a letter song. <laughs> um, so this first letter is from Clavy, last name withheld, who writes, Dear Floppers, as you may be aware, the superhero fighting game Dishonored Gods Among Us is quickly running out of interesting <laughs> characters to release as downloadable content. Two Green Lanterns? What on earth? There's a whole fucking core of them. Surely. Sorry, I didn't mean to get that mad. Surely. <laughs> when, when are they going to get to Gnort? That's all I want to know. Reaching for your magnificent creations, five head and seven pounds for game inclusion isn't far off. Although their basic put motives... put fucking Freddy Krueger in one of those games. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> the, uh, As a little tribute to Freddy. <laughs> yep. Sam Neill. Rest in peace. Although their basic moves... <laughs> what? Uh, Although their basic moves are pretty obvious, Five Head would be a hand-to-head brawler with moves like the old 2-3 and give him the fingers, where Seven Pounds would clearly hit his opponents with a large variety of objects, all of which weigh exactly seven pounds. Yeah, seven pound weights. But after this... Seven pound Tom weights. Things get more murky. What would their catchphrases be? What would their power modes be? What would their super moves and finishing moves be? Please clear this up and help to save the game developers from releasing yet more Batman skins. Uh, so seven bo- pounds finishing seven move is boobs. like... Is that what you're going to say? Whoa, dude. <laughs> That's my job to make fun of you fucking up how you say things. <laughs> yeah, so you seven boobs. Like seven boobs kills you with boobs. Duh, I guess. Whatever. Just an udder, basically. Looks at like that the point. worm is on the other foot, Moriarty. Wait, why would... That doesn't make sense. Why are you foot feet covered in worms? <laughs> That's how the Napoleon of crime killed people. <laughs> killed people. Ah, I'll just bury you in this box of nightcrawlers. <laughs> Bamf indeed. <laughs> Not that kind of nightcrawler. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, forget it. Anyway, finish, finish. Seven pounds is finishing move. He kills you with a fucking jellyfish, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, he throws a jellyfish. And then your at soul you. flies up, and it costs. Your eyes seven go to Woody Harrelson. And uh, uh, and five head. What was it? His catchphrase in his finishing move. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. He whatever. shoots you with whatever you want. Well, his catchphrase is five heads are better than one. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I and feel like maybe he would sing a very sad song about being an orphan, and then you would cry yourself. You would die of sadness, yeah. And he carries five guns, right? Not six guns, because yeah, he has yeah. five head going once. Well, no, no, he has seven guns. 
Because he's got five heads, not four head. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> the math. I mean, I'm sure the math works out. I, I don't know. know. Fucking some game designer will come up with and it. And when he, when he plays pool, he goes, I'm really behind the nine ball right now. <laughs> <laughs> this this I feel like this is getting even more murky. The cat, anyway, his favorite movie is Cheaper by the Thirteen. <laughs> what? I <don't> know. <laughs> oh, I get it. You get it? Yeah. Now I get it. It's yeah. everything's one more. Sure, like Ocean, Ocean's Twelve, right? Yeah. Although his, he also likes his... 103 Dalmatians. <laughs> this is one more than 102 Dalmatians. The sequel. Sure. His uh, his amplifiers go up to 12. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that that's great. Here's my <laughs> problem with 102 Dalmatians as a sequel. We've already seen 101 Dalmatians. Adding one more Dalmatian is not very impressive. You would have to do all 202 Dalmatians in the sequel to even equal the impact of the first movie. Have you ever considered how beautiful a coat made out of 102 Dalmatians would look? <laughs> it would be amazingly beautiful. I would like one, please. <laughs> Give me a minute. I gotta go catch these Dalmatians. Keep <laughs> leading me on a merry chase. Oh boy! Okay, this. So I hope that answered your your made up nonsense. <laughs> Stuella Deville, etc. Stuella Deville. <laughs> like you were tired of waiting for one of us to come up with that, so you just threw it in there. <laughs> so, this. Uh, That's your drag character. Yeah. <laughs> your cabaret show. This next is titled "Non-Pornographic Flophouse <laughs> Fan Art." Is I, there such a thing? <laughs> I am a new listener to your show, having been inspired by John Hodgman's condemnation to discover for myself how terrible Elliot really was. Without passing judgment on Mr. Hodgman's taste, I have to say I've really enjoyed what I've heard so far. Except for Elliot, <clears throat> who's terrible. <laughs> Maybe a little too much, as I spent the last week mainlining episodes like a reformed vegetarian with their first box of sailor chicken. Wait, After my marathon, <laughs> I think I've I don't know what that I means. Lost. It's a Popeyes reference. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, Popeye the Sailor. I see. Mm-hmm. Popeyes restaurant is named after Popeye Doyle. You've, Let's just get that straight. <laughs> You've just completely divorced Popeye from his Popeyes chicken is named after the effect of Look. your eyes popping out of your skull. <laughs> it's so delicious. <laughs> When you take a bite, you're like, huh, sproing, like a Tex Avery wolf. Oh, I thought you were just like, like pop. Like, get him back in my head. I thought, it hurts. My eyes. Ah, ah, I can't even see the chicken. And it's so greasy from chicken grease. Can't get a good grip on my eyeballs to put them back in my face. Yeah, why do you like this chicken place? It Sounds tastes really horrible. good. Wor- All you got to do is secure your eyeballs in your face with fasteners beforehand. Okay, like clothespins <laughs> or what? I thought he- I thought they were talking about some kind of chicken that sailors eat, like dehydrated or something like that. I don't know. It's the last a long sea voyage. <laughs> okay. Well, we haven't even gotten to the point of this, but after so- <laughs> she goes after my marathon, I think I've developed a pretty good idea based on your voices. As well as hints in the podcast as to what you all look like. As I'm too lazy to do a Google image search. That's lazy. Could you please take a look at the attached sketch and let me know how accurate my imagined podcasters are. That's from Vanessa Last Name Withheld, and I've got the sketch here. So this is what she thinks we look like. So listeners should Google it. Okay, so wait. One of us is a teddy bear, and the other two are ducks. Okay. I think I'm the bear. I'm, I'm the guessing bear. that I can't the tell duck if with the glasses. I think is you, Ellie. That duck is okay. way too tall. And then there's <laughs> yeah. a there's like a roughneck kind of muscular. There's like a skinhead duck. angry duck, and that must be Stuart. Okay. Unless Stuart's the teddy bear and Dan is the angry duck. <laughs> so. Um, and then there's a cat. The cat could be Stuart. 
Yeah, it's true. But, you know, it's a pretty accurate sketch as uh, far as the kind of shirts we It could wear. also be the bowl of, I'm guessing, chips or some kind of caramelized corn. <laughs> some caramelized <laughs> corn. You put a fucking creme brulee torch to this corn. I don't. It's with a it's with a chip reduction. You say now you say that this is a non pornographic drawing, but this is as close to furry flophouse porn with our clothes on as I think. I don't even thing. want you to mention that for fear of the floodgates you're opening. <laughs> but thank you, I guess. So nobody ever send us a picture of the house cat with his penis out, please. Let me just say that. Don't do that. So um, it's like fucking bizarro over there. <laughs> So next up... Uh, well, thank is, you for the art. We appreciate this it. This is titled Intimate Encounters from Martin... Oh, no. from, oh, I saw that movie. From Martin, <laughs> I am not afraid of being fully identified, Bureau, who writes, Elliot's recent reference to semi-obscure X-Men character Extreme slash Adam X prompted memories of excitedly meeting Dan and Stuart outside of Elliot's NYC Comic Con panel a year or so ago. Oh, shit. I, was I with, forgot about that panel. Thanks for coming to it, guys. I was yeah, with was my awesome. boyfriend and friend, neither of whom are listeners. And <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got this I was a cough. It was not a laugh. Sorry. Neither of whom were listeners and were puzzled by my happiness at this encounter and described one of you as, quote, super awkward, and the other Damn. as, quote, he's gay, right? Stuart. I'll let you Actually, des- I don't know. It could be either one. I'll let you debate who was described as what. Anyway, I wanted to ask what, if any, current comic book titles you geeks follow and if Elliot will be appearing again at this year's con. I haven't been asked, but uh, maybe that'd be nice. Someone's got it who doing a panel has to ask me. I assume I always assume that I'm the one being described as super awkward. But you also could be gay. It's true. Whereas Stuart does get shy around people he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He's like a wild animal. I don't know. Way. He introduced himself also, to Hallie as a laid back party dude. But he knows. But and he also knows a lot that. of a lot of boyfriends slash male friends describe me as gay for fear of my sexual prowess. Yeah. yeah. For Just, fear of it? Yeah, like there's an intimidation factor. So they describe uh, I don't Okay. What was the other oh, what comics do we yeah, read? Now? So they say he's gay, right? So that she doesn't get any crazy ideas. <laughs> so uh comic books though. Stuart and I uh will we both read Six Gun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. We both read Prophet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon both, Graham stuff's awesome. Yeah, the Manhattan Projects mm-hmm. we both enjoy. Um, what other stuff? I like Hawkeye, but you hate Matt Fraction. Oh, I hate Matt Fraction. Uh, Wolverine and the X Men is a fun book. Um, uh, both, I just picked up the the second collection of Dial H. Okay, but that's not ongoing. No, it's that was canceled. And I mostly enjoy uh, reprints of old comics. I have been buying up pretty much every. I think every actually EC reprint that has happened. The uh, Fantagraphics. Fantagraphics have been putting out beautiful reprints of EC work. I think uh, I just have the Jack Davis one. Yeah. And it's awesome. But they're all grouped by artists, and they're all in beautiful black and white. And they, they, they certainly had the best stable of comics artists of the time. Um, so that's yeah, you were I, saying how like sh- like j- you're shocked at how great their stable was at the time. Well, also, like I'm shocked at just like how much... The general level of comics art has deteriorated. I know that yeah. there's was terrible uh, comics at the time too. I think, I think that there's actually a lot of really good art going on in comics right okay, now. Okay, I just I, but you're but EC in terms of art was the top of the heap at the time. Yeah, I mean, a group just a group of legendary people. Yeah. Um, but 
to move is on. Is Dan's favorite part yeah. of the life. Okay. And the Halle Berry from BAPS. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan's like, oh, Halle Berry's butt is winning me over to this. I didn't say it Excellent in performance words, from Halle Berry's hindquarters. Um, I'm sure we could think of other comics that we that we like if we thought about it, but that's enough for now. Uh, so this next letter is titled Arabic Popeyes. Dan. Keep talking. Tell Elliot it's from David, last name withheld. But not my tell brother, him, right? Tell him, yes, Uh-oh. that David. Uh, Has he thrown a fit yet? Uh, Good, on to the letter. Oh, uh, my stomach. This, <laughs> by the way, this, this letter's from Sam, last name withheld. Oh, so it's not from David, last it's name withheld. A, it's, a, it's a prank. Oh, okay. Phew. Uh, but he writes... That's part of a prank. Tell him it's a prank in the middle of it. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, writes, it's better than like an Andy Kaufman type prank where you never tell them it's a prank and the people are just like, "What happened?" I yeah, don't you understand. take it to your grave. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of email to get through while still maintaining that uh, that prank. But he writes, "Hey, floppers." Well, you were the one who broke it. Don't specifically, get mad at me. <laughs> specifically, Elliot. As I was listening through the Flophouse backlog on my flight flight to Amen, Amen. It's like, hey, man. (laughs) Okay. I was made a note of a fan letter from a flop fan in Cutter who was eager to try Popeye's chicken. As I made my way toward Jordan, I wondered if I would be treated to the same experience. When I finally beat the jet jet lag and figured out the local area enough, I sat out in search of a Popeye's. A search was lasted all of five seconds because they're (laughs) as common as McDonald's here. I was excited to give Elliot a translation and show off my Arabic skills to out-know-it-all the famed know-it-all but it was disappointed to find that not only was the sign in English, but all the employees spoke fluid English as well. All I can leave you with is the assumption that the Arabic Popeyes sign read Bubbeyes, as there's no equivalent to the letter P in Arabic. Hmm. Just to provoke Then how more... do they say hippopotamus? <laughs> Just to provoke... No, answer my question, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you're saying... I like the idea that you think that the email would immediately <laughs> give you a response. Email. Scan. Enhance by 30%. <laughs> now answer my question. Hippopotamus. Uh, just to provoke more response out of this letter, I also noticed that it has been hard to me to find food here that isn't doused in either ketchup or mayo, ketchup. usually both. What are your thoughts on dumping ketchup onto an already perfect ketchup. food like Popeye's chicken? I mean, I would never eat ketchup on Popeye's chicken. That sounds no. wrong. I love ketchup. Don't get me wrong. But why would you do that? It doesn't make I mean, sense. I Ellie to me. gets mad at me for he putting ketchup flavored potato it. chips. You, yeah, sure. You can get ketchup flavored yeah, potato in chips Canada, in England. You know, I say those things. But uh, the the I used to put ketchup on everything when I was a kid, but now I've come to realize that food tastes good without it much of the time. <laughs> so you, you know. don't just want to eat ketchup for every <laughs> meal. No, no. Well, like even a hamburger where you'd put a lot of people put ketchup on. Like if I know it's going to be a good hamburger, I want to taste. The, I feel like the you beef. I don't like a public ketchup. service. Sure, you just don't like, like cats hey, with different and let me variations I've of texture. I've learned that food tastes good. <laughs> and let me talk about another yeah. trend I'm not a fan of. Mayonnaise on hamburgers. Which not if a you, fran of? <laughs> that I'm not a fran dresser of. But uh, nannies. But uh, <laughs> if you go to California, you better fucking make sure they don't put mayonnaise on your hamburger. You'll have to ask them I explicitly. I like mayo on a hamburger. Because they don't tell you they're going to put it on, but they mayonnaise, do anyway. Or they'll be like, hey, this guy probably wants avocado. I'll, I'll slip you a free <laughs> avocado <laughs> in there. You know, it doesn't say avocado on the extensive <laughs> list of ingredients. Mayo but I'll tell you what, gonna, this is going to be a surprise for your tongue you'll never forget. You'll be thanking me till the day you I love die. All your the muscles are going to enjoy about. this protein. Don't worry about it, guy. Everyone mm-hmm. loves this food that Elliot hates. Anyway, you're saying that. Avocado is filled with great, you know, healthy fats. You know. Oh yeah, yeah healthy yeah. fats. The uh, the the recording artist <laughs> <laughs> slash pool player. <laughs> the grand, 
the ground up healthy fats and put them in avocado. I'm healthy fats. I'm not really very healthy. I'm a walking contradiction. <laughs> so wait. So so wait. Avocado looks like like Slimer given corporeal form. <laughs> so wait. Last letter. <laughs> okay, I don't know why you were. Yeah. <laughs> this one. Wait a minute. It might be a bit. This one is from David, last name withheld. You better uh, not be. Elliot's brother. Oh, God. Oh, it burns. Howdy, floppers. First of all, I cannot express. Don't take the fucking familiar with us. <laughs> I mean, he's my brother. I cannot <laughs> express how happy I was to hear Dan recommend the classic hockey hockey documentary. Hockeymentary. <laughs> Sudden death. During your, <laughs> during your recent R.I.P.D. episode. As I was listening, however, I heard Dan refer to the now-raised Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh, where the film takes place as a hockey stadium, <laughs> at which point an all-too-predictable light bulb went off in my head where I thought, it's an arena, Dan, it's an arena. It was at this po- point that Elliot chimed in with, I think they're called arenas, a sigh of relief. Oh, good. I finally live up to my brother's standards. I was reminded of a moment a few years ago when John Stewart referred to Hillary Clinton as Wolverine because she was a woman of steel... As I watched, I thought, but Wolverine's skeleton was bonded with adamantium, only to see Elliot appear on screen and offer the same correction seconds later. Based on a true story. My conclusion, we are the dorkiest brothers in history. Either way, after hearing Elliot's on-air sports-related correction, I was finally reassured that all of my years of working and teaching had not been for naught. My work on this earth is done. <laughs> Goodbye. Floats up to heaven. <laughs> David Kalen died on the way to his home planet. <laughs> Oh, no. He was from another planet, I guess. <laughs> of my eldest brother, I could not have been more proud. Only brother. Also eldest. <laughs> Yours in dorkdom, David Oh, Kamen. that's very sweet, David. Thank yeah, you. I love you, nice, too. Very nice. That's letter. a very sweet letter to end on. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, maybe, and thanks, Dave, for writing it. the healing in. can begin. I don't think so. Um, Dave, uh, you know what? As a result, I will let you induct my son into being a Mets fan and never being happy ever in his life. Um... So this is the point in the podcast, though, where we recommend movies that we've seen, usually recently. Or even just heard about. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I heard there's this movie where a girl takes her boobs out. (laughs) It's called Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy. (laughs) I don't think so. No way, man. No way. No, no, seriously. They can't do that in a movie. Uh, No, we recommend movies that we like instead of, say, Baps. Pardon me. (laughs) Well, I sneeze. On the podcast. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Stuart, you have your phone out as if you've made notes. What movie do you want to? He's just playing Candy Crush. I've not, I've not made notes. Uh, also, uh, I want to point out that I frantically looking up that boobs movie I mentioned. <laughs> is it called Boobs the movie? Yeah, I was looking at keywords boobs. You love shirt the body off. part. Now watch the movie. Anyway, you're saying Stuart. Uh, I just want to point out that I earlier recommended Twin Sitters. You should watch that if you haven't. Uh, and it is that is a good bad movie. Yeah, it's that a great is a bad movie. very fun movie. Uh, it stars two twin brother barbarians. You yeah. should check it out. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're called the barbarians. <laughs> called the barbarian brothers. No, the I think mo- that their career yeah. is that they're barbarians. <laughs> they're not really barbarians. <laughs> yeah, they're named after their career. <laughs> uh, so, no, like uh, you know, like Archer or uh, uh, Cooper or uh, you know, these are all names that are yeah, waiter. <laughs> Repairman. I know. Genre repairman. Genre repairman. Yeah, you know, like uh, a, a you know a Guillermo del Toro or a Christopher Nolan. Um, so I'm going to recommend a movie that you've all probably already seen. 
But you go it's see it again. Babs. It's called. Uh, it's the Lego Movie. I saw it recently. It was great. Oh, I, I really, think I haven't seen that yet. No, a bunch of people recommended it on the Flophouse Facebook group and uh, just in general. I'll go. Uh, it was really good. If you haven't seen it, you should you should go see it. It's a movie for children that doesn't rely on uh, a, lot, a lot of fart jokes or just stupid cutaways. Um, the it's genuinely moving, and there's some great voice talent without being no, overly distracting. Do are you saying I should Lego my opposition to movies based on products? Now you're making a reference to the Ego <laughs> ad campaign. <laughs> Uh, which the Ego movie is terrible. <laughs> you were saying, Run. It's just watching Steve Carell put his head on a pile of pancakes. <laughs> no, no, that's Dan. It's turned life. its life in, as uh, an Ego movie. <laughs> no, he's saying, oh, That joke made me so happy. <laughs> he's saying, Run, don't Duplo to the Lego movie. <laughs> no, this makes sense. Okay. Um, so I guess the Lego movie, you probably already seen it, but watch it again. Um, quickly, I want to recommend. Two, count them two movies. Uh, number one I'll count them when you say is them. a documentary called Beauty is Embarrassing. It's on Netflix streaming. It's about the artist Wayne White, who um, was the set designer for Pee Wee's Playhouse uh, and then went on. Um, he now uh, I thought has. Gary Panter designed the sets for Pee Playhouse. Um, Gary Panter was involved in that, but like. Um, but Wayne White was the main. Wayne White. I mean, well, maybe I don't. I don't know how the breakdown. Hey, close look, attention. I'm not. Look, I'm not going to dispute the documentary. I'm I just don't saying. know how the breakdown. Of the, I know that Gary Panter also was part of that. I don't know what the breakdown is. Like uh, Wayne White, I know did a bunch of the puppets for it. So maybe oh, that's okay. what, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But um, and he was like the voice of uh, uh, who was the bully character who always came down from the ceiling. Oh, that we that mean kid. Yeah, yeah, the marionette. Um, but he also like late in his career. Um, I mean, like, and he did things like also like he did the um, the the George Melier kind of influence smashing pup, Rich, pumpkins well, tonight tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, video, but then late in his career um, he started doing these paintings that were just word paintings where he would paint on um, uh, what do you call it landscapes that you would find in thrift stores, and they're just sort of like funny crazy words painted over these landscapes but like, like kind of integrated into the landscape that's funny like belch yeah but i mean but he's a very interesting character himself he's kind of one of these guys that i think like this this group that you don't necessarily see in uh pop culture that much the beatles it, but <laughs> he's it's like a type of character that you don't see uh in fiction a lot but exists in real life which is kind of like this southern hippie and hippie like has like oh, maybe okay. a negative connotation to it that i don't intend but like foghorn leghorn but not not like your your aggressive hick but like a right. laid back like kind of a li- uh, live and let live type southern guy but but also not not so much that but like a counterculture southern so not guy a hippie. like a, a southern guy who's like um has like kind of like has like crazy ideas and like this like crazy like counterculture creativity like, like jefferson davis but still like <laughs> like tennessee Williams. <laughs> but still has sort of like this like grounding that you associate with someone like who came from like a very rural area 
And it's just an interesting sort of combination of traits that mm. uh, exist in real life, but again, you don't see in fiction. So it's kind of, he's a very interesting character. I recommend the documentary a lot. It's a, an inspiring documentary. What's it called? Beautiful Beauty's uh, Embarrassing? Uh, Beauty's Embarrassing. Beauty's Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a BBC drama about a uh, family law practice in the 18th century. Uh, but I also watched The Seahawk. Uh, Michael Curtiz is uh, oh, okay, yeah, with Errol Flynn. swashbuckler with Errol Flynn, and you got Claude Rains as a very interesting, I think, bad guy in that movie because he's kind of he's a conflicted bad guy. He's a he's an ambassador who doesn't necessarily want war to break out, and has a lot of like familiar familial feeling for his uh, niece who <clears throat> falls in love with Errol Flynn, and so I feel like. I don't know. Like I, I, I like that in a lot of these old movies, you would have characters like these Claude Rain villains who had very sympathetic sides to them, even though they were in opposition to your swashbuckling hero. And he's not just trying to find like a magic amulet or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, so, it was it, before they thought that all anything involving fencing also had to have magic or ghosts in it. Yeah, yeah. or Take a curse that, or a prophecy. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean series, I guess. Caribbean, yeah, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pirates of the so, Caribbean. Those are two movies I enjoyed uh, quite a lot. I'll recommend a movie I enjoyed a lot too. Why not? That, that seems to be the theme tonight. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, I'm going to re- recommend. Distance yourself from this. I'm going to recommend an action movie from the 60s called, <laughs> called Action Jackson. Called it's called Action. It's not a movie so much as a TV show with Jamar, but uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of action in it. <laughs> uh, it's a movie called The Professionals. This is not the sequel to The Professional. Oh, that's a very good movie. In fact, it predates it by nearly 30 years. Okay. But uh, The Professionals with Burt Lancaster. But it does star Natalie Portman. No. <laughs> Natalie Portman, So it's Natalie Portman with two words put into one word. Uh, it's got a great cast. Burt Lancaster, Lee Marvin, Robert Ryan, Woody Strode, Jack Palance, playing a Mexican character, Ralph Bellamy as an old man, and Claudia Cardinale as one of two busty ladies in it. Uh, who mm-hmm. wear... Okay, what's this movie called again? <laughs> so it's called The Professionals. Called boobs the movie. <laughs> and it's one of these, one of many Westerns set during the Mexican revolutions of the early 20th century. And uh, and uh, Ralph Bellamy is a rich man who says his wife has been kidnapped by this Mexican rebel leader. He hires a group of adventurers, basically, two of whom, Burt Lancaster and Lee Marvin, used to work with this rebel yeah. leader when they still believed in something. And so they have to go into Mexico and kill roughly 300 guys <laughs> and steal this woman back. Well, that's also what but I not like. everything is as it seems. Well, that's what I was going to say about that also is a movie that has a more complex morality, I would say, than most modern action movies, even though most modern action movies seem to think that they're all gritty and like have interesting moralities. It's a, it's a movie in which the characters really have to... <clears throat> make, like an illusion of postmodernism. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But it's a, it's a movie where the characters really have to make moral choices about mm-hmm. what's going on and what they're going to do and Lee Marvin especially feels like he's at a crossroads it's directed by Richard Brooks who's one of these directors that was never like one of the one of the legendary directors but was a very solid you know knew how to make a movie there's a lot of great shots in it of the desert that they're in um, and of busty ladies I'd hope there's a, some great shots of busty ladies and uh, and there's a great shot of busty Poindexter. <laughs> 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 
Busty Poindexter. Is that like a junior version of Band Actor Busty Poindexter? That is, that is the laziest burlesque routine. I'll just strip to hot, hot, hot. Just call me Busty Poindexter. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. Look, we got to put this burlesque show together in seventeen minutes. Or maybe, maybe choke me to death with a cat at the end. <laughs> I don't care. Or you could be like a you could be a nerd. You could be a, you could be a nerd. A nerd stripper. And call yourself Busty Poindexter. That's a little less lazy. Yeah, that, but you're still going to end up dancing to Hot Hot Hot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Maybe playing an electric violin at some point. Unless you're going to strip to a fucking Weezer song. <laughs> the nerdiest music there is. But anyway, uh, but it's a lot of fun. to Undone, the sweater song. As your sweater slowly gets on. <laughs> it's pretty lazy. <laughs> and very boring to watch. <laughs> it takes <laughs> it It's going on 13 minutes. <laughs> Oof, this is... <laughs> That's the thing, dude. It's, you're, this is the, you're teasing this, your, your business. This is the Craymaster cycle of burlesque routines. It's the Berlin Alexander Platz of burlesque. I've been sitting here for 20 hours. Uh, Oof, she's it. It's still just up to her midriff. <laughs> I haven't seen anything I couldn't see if I just saw her, you know, on the beach. That's what makes it hotter. It's like old Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, because old Hollywood was all about sweaters slowly unraveling. By the end, you're totally straining at your denim, you know? <laughs> to get out of to your To get seat. out. Yeah, because yeah. there's a leather, there's a denim seatbelt strapping you in, and you want to get away. Uh, but the professionals. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's good, solid action adventurism, as they don't really make them much anymore. Um, so, guys, uh, with BAPS, we've completed our initials month here at the Flophouse. <laughs> 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 what a weird theme. <laughs> yeah. So if you have an we, idea for a fin- crazy we theme. We finished our Ryan Reynolds Halle Berry month. <laughs> Email it in. <laughs> to flophouse at baps.ripd. Dot <laughs> edu. Dot There's so many governor. dots in this. <laughs> dot matrix. So, but, uh, so what's the Flophouse email address, Dan? Uh, oh, geez. It's the Flophouse podcast at gmail.com. Okay, great. And people should listen to the Flophouse, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that we've already gotten them. And they on should that buy one. a shirt with our faces on it, right? Yeah. If you want that, you can go to astoymerchandise.com. Uh, but the, enough shilling for ourselves. We should uh, sign barely off. Barely shilled at all. Let's shill for farmers' insurance. <laughs> okay. At farmers, they know that you need insurance. Anyway. Uh, That's not the- an official sponsor, <laughs> just the first thing that popped into my head, probably because Al Magical used to do commercials with Al them. Magical to fl- <laughs> Flophouse f- uh, fans. So anyway, enough gibberish for one podcast for the Flophouse. I've been Dan McCoy. Over there is Elliot Kalen. And right ahead of me, I hope forever, is Stuart Wellington. Good night, everyone. Wellington? <laughs> Shut up, man. It was Wellington, okay? <laughs> The light bulb. <laughs> Here's the kind of filament I'll use. David Lynch is Thomas Edison in What the Fuck Were They Thinking When They Cast David Lynch? The movie, based on the book of the same name. <laughs> Rated R. Oh, wait. I'll save the business thing for after business thing. Business it's thing. very loose. So it's called the penis. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the business thing. <laughs> Who wants Before it Before you get the business thing, uh, could you sign these papers? <laughs> I need to sign a waiver. A waiver. Mm. Ah. Take a drink, fellas. We're in for a long Roost. haul. Roost. Roost. <laughs>